Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast episode of Mysterious Headlines. I know it has been a little bit since I've uploaded a podcast episode. I'm working on some things. Um, I apologize for the couple-week break, but I am back with a new podcast episode, and today we're going to be talking about the case of Susan Morphew. Now, this name might ring a bell. This case has been blasted over lots of different media platforms, so there's a high chance that you've seen her case um, on some sort of news network that you follow. I also have mentioned her name before here um, on my National Missing Persons Day podcast, so you may be a little familiar with her name or her case, but we're going to kind of dig into it today because there is recent information that came about this week and so we're going to kind of unpack this case from the beginning starting with when everything happened and where things are today so susan morphew um 49 years old she was a mom of two and she went missing on may 10th 2020 out of salida colorado which salida colorado just for some reference is about two ish hours driving time from Denver. So Denver is obviously the big city and capital of Colorado. And so Salida is about two hours from Denver. Um, It's kind of in a mountainous area. So she went missing on Mother's Day, May 10th, 2020. She supposedly had gone out for a bike ride and went missing. Now her two daughters at the time were, you know, older, like in their early 20s. Um, and they were in Idaho um, camping, and Barry Morphew, her husband, was apparently in Denver, um, again, about two hours away. So he was apparently in Denver. She was home alone in Salida, apparently went out for a bike ride on her mountain bike, and then went missing. The daughters had texted her that morning, like, Happy Mother's Day. They hadn't heard back, which was a little out of the ordinary to not hear back from their mom so then they tried calling her later in that day she didn't answer they tried calling their or they called their dad um barry and he was like well let me try calling her he tried calling her got no answer and that is when the case really began um authorities were alerted um barry rushed from denver back home to salida because she was missing susan morphew was missing Um, now pretty quickly, um, Barry Morphew, the husband began pleading with people to call the FBI. If you know any information, please. He was saying this was the most devastating thing that ever happened to him. We love you. We miss you. The girls need you. Like, please help us. They had people going out and searching. Um, law enforcement was searching pretty quickly. They found her bike and a personal item. Um, on one of the trails that she would bike on frequently. Um, But that was all that they found kind of pretty quickly. Um, There was money raised, $200,000 was raised for a reward. And they started going forth with um, continuing to search and get what information they could um, as soon as she was reported missing. Now, Barry Morphew pretty quickly said, I think a lion got her. What, you know, I think a mountain lion could have gotten her. And he said, you know, 
recently they had seen a mountain lion in the area. It is a very mountainous area where there's like mountain homes, cabins. And so that was his initial thought. And people, you know, people said, I don't know how likely it is. You know, someone is probably involved here. Like, and he said, I just don't want to think about that. He said he couldn't think about it, didn't want to think about it. Um, and so then, um, about two months later in July, his friend Troy came out. Troy was like a, a longtime friend of both him and Susan and came out and, um, to Colorado to help him search. And Troy talks about, you know, Barry was in distress and so upset about everything. And he's like, you know, we could go out and, you know, he was like, we could go to the grocery store and go do a few of those things that I'd try to take his mind off of things. But then we'd come back to his house and he was just a wreck. He was an emotional wreck. And law enforcement said, you know, we don't believe that you were involved, Barry. We don't believe you did it, but we do have to check everything out, which is what happens in any of these cases when someone goes missing and they're in a relationship, they have to check out the spouse, the boyfriend, the fiance, whoever it is. They have to check out that person because there's always a high probability of them being involved. We've seen so many cases where the husband or the wife or fiance or boyfriend or whoever ended up causing their disappearance or killing them or whatever. So they said, we don't believe you did it, but we do have to follow through and check you know, follow through with checking things to make sure. Um, now, Suzanne's family, you know, quickly started speaking out as well. Her brother and sister um, started speaking out. And they also started speaking with law enforcement. And they said, you know, Barry was, you know, in control of a lot of things. He was in control of decision making. He was in control of money. And she wanted to take some control back. She, you know, she didn't like him being in control of everything. And on May 6th, there was a text message um, sent from Barry to Suzanne saying, I'm done. I could care less what you're up to and I have for years. We just need to figure it, figure all this out civilly. So alluding to the fact of, you know, let's just get divorced. Let's civilly get divorced because this, you know, this is what neither of us want anymore. Then two days before Suzanne went missing, there was a text message from her um, to her sister saying he's been abusive, emotionally and physically abusive, and telling her sister, like, I want to get out. I need to get out. Like, I can't do this anymore. Um, this, this has to be, um, this has to be you know, we have to figure something out. And that was just two days before she went missing. So kind of in all of this, um, you know, there's there's been kind of a big divide because Suzanne's family, her siblings and her parents quickly were like, there's a high probability that Barry is involved here. We knew Suzanne was unhappy. We knew she wanted to get out of his coercive control and then she goes missing and this happens. But then Barry's family, his siblings, his close friends, his daughters saying, no, this couldn't, he could not have done it. He's not this kind of a person. This is not who he is, which we also hear that frequently in cases where 
the spouse is directly involved and related and people say, I no, there's no way they could do it. And then they find out they're like, yeah, they actually did it. And, you know, but people were convinced that there was no way that person could commit that crime. And yet they did. So there's kind of been this divide from the beginning of things, but, um, they kind of began digging into things, digging into what did that day look like and looking for any evidence and clues. And so they found that that day, Barry Morphew, as we said earlier, was in Denver about two hours away. Apparently, um, he had met some of his employees. He worked in construction and he had apparently met some of his employees at a hotel in Denver. And that's why he was in Denver was to meet up with some employees and have like some business meetings. Well, like early, earlier in that day, he apparently left early that morning for Denver and kind of left, like didn't, he said Suzanne was asleep. He just kind of left, didn't say bye to her, just walked out of the house, got in the car, drove to Denver. Um, but they say that um, the day before all of that, that his cell phone was pinging in a very erratic manner around the house. That, you know, that they tracked all these different cell phone pings that were like going here and then there and then here and then there all over the house, which is a little bit out of the norm and suspicious for somebody. If you think about your daily activities around the house and, you know, you, you know, obviously it's different if it's a day of work versus a day off. But if let's say it's a day off and you're kind of just around your house, you might be in the kitchen and then you might go to your bedroom and then, you know, you might move around your house a bit, but you're not moving from one place to the next so erratically in the span of minutes. You typically, you go to a room, you maybe do something in that room, hang out in that room for a little bit, and then you go to a different room. And his cell phone pings were very radically one place to the next place to the next place to the next place, all within a very short span of time. And so that really stood out to people saying, wait a second, you know, this seems a little weird. But they thought, well, if he was, if he was trying to, and this sounds horrible, but if he was trying to capture Suzanne, if he was trying to get her so that he could do something to her, he might be moving and behaving in that manner of, you know, if she's running, trying to get away from him and he's chasing her, that could explain it. There was also damage to the bedroom door, which could potentially show that she was struggling to get out. If he had like tried to lock her in a room, she was struggling to get out. They also had found a tranquilizer gun, which he would use for hunting. And they said they thought the tranquilizer gun might have been used on Suzanne. They also saw that his truck door had been opened and closed many times. And that his cell phone pinged five, five different dumpsters that day which stopping at like one dumpster maybe two dumpsters to throw away some trash is not that out of the ordinary but five different dumpsters is a little weird that someone would stop at five different dumpsters and dispose of things 
also when he was at the hotel the day of May 10th, um, meeting with his employees, there's um, camera footage from the hotel of him carrying things into the hotel. And they also say that the hotel smelled of chlorine, which is, you know, people will try and use chlorine to mask a smell if they're trying to cover something up. So all of this brought the district attorney to charge Barry Morphew. They charged Barry Morphew with murder. They arrested him, charged him with murder. He pled not guilty. He got a pretty low bond and um, was able to get out on bond. During this whole time, his daughters and family very much under the belief that like oh my gosh like he did not do it he's not involved in any way this is terrible where her family is saying we saw this coming we believe he's involved so at the preliminary hearing is when kind of they started sharing all this evidence that they had gathered and they also, it came to light that Suzanne had bought a spy pen to record because she believed that Barry was cheating on her. So she bought this spy pen that looks like a regular pen, but it's got a recording device in it. And you can just kind of casually set it somewhere, start recording, and someone would not know. She believed he was cheating on her, so she bought the spy pen and started recording to like record conversations and times when she wasn't in the room, times when she wasn't there. And actually it ended up recording conversations that she was having and Suzanne was having an affair with an old high school friend. This affair apparently lasted two years. It was with a guy she had met in high school. He was married with six kids. So they were both technically still married at the time. So both an affair on both ends. She, they were exchanging nude photos. They were texting all the time. She saw him like they were meeting up like across the country that they apparently had met up like mm, dozens of times over the course of two years, met up and seen each other on multiple occasions, sending photos all the time. And Saturday, May 9th, which is the day before she went missing, was the last time a message was sent to this guy that she was cheating on or cheating with. Now, there's differing opinions. Some people think that Barry Morphew knew about her cheating or found out, like, pretty quickly, um, like around the time frame of May 2020 that she knew or that he knew about her cheating and that that is a motive for why he would have done something if he knew that she was cheating on top of, you know, knew that she wanted out of the relationship that that would have provided a motive for him to do what he did. There's other people that say he didn't find out until January of 2021 when this preliminary hearing happened that she was cheating on him. If that's the case, then it could not be a motive for it.
It could not be a motive for it. But people say that the investigator told him um, in 2020 about the affair. And, and that is obviously true, that the investigator did tell him about it in 2021. But there's other people like Suzanne's family members that say he knew about it prior to January of 2021. He knew about her affair. And I forgot to mention in with the evidence, they also found a 22 caliber round gun um, or shellings of a 22 caliber round by her bed. Um, so I forgot to mention that, but that was part of the evidence that they found as well. And they kind of, they had, you know, begun digging into things and they started speaking with one of the daughter's boyfriends and they started asking him like, oh, was there anything like off about their relationship? Did you hear about any fighting going on? And this boyfriend said, well, yeah, they spoke of separating multiple times And it was like, it seemed like a frequent thing that they were talking about separating and going other ways. There were also text messages um, on Suzanne's phone, which her phone was found at home. Um, But they said there were text messages um, on her phone to her sister saying she was about to walk out. She wouldn't feel safe alone with him. She needed to end this. So there was clear evidence that this relationship was not going to last. She knew that. Barry, you know, it seems that he knew that, that this relationship was not going to last. And so things were moving in that direction. Now, they did find some DNA evidence in one of the cars. Both of the cars were at home, uh, or two cars were at home that day um, when she went missing And they found that the DNA in the one car was the same DNA linked to two unsolved sexual assault cases in other states. So that obviously um, gives some evidence on the other side to the fact that it was not Barry's DNA. He was not in that car, and that it it's another criminal another you know DNA of another criminal that they found. Now again, this preliminary hearing happened in early 2021. This preliminary hearing was happening um, when they charged and arrested Barry Mur- um, Barry Morphew with all of this. Again, they hadn't found her body at all up to this point. So they were just going off of all that evidence I stated. The caliber round found by her bed, the cell phone pings that were erratic around the house, the tranquilizer gun, the damage to the bedroom door, the truck door opening and closing, the cell phones um, pings at different dumpsters, the um, hotel room smelling of chlorine. So all of that was the the evidence that they had at that point to be able to charge and arrest Barry Morphew. But again, he got out on bond and that's kind of where things had been left off. Now, people on the other side, Barry Morphew, his family, um, his attorneys, all say, well, all of that's hogwash. 
you know, they said, you know, Barry said, I think I might have been um, hunting chipmunks, which were a massive problem on the property. And he said, I would run around and try and shoot them because they were just an evasive problem. So that was his explanation for the erratic pings in the house or around the property. The tranquilizer gun was supposedly proven to not even have been used in like a really long time. They said the truck door opening and closing was just his normal activity. He was a construction worker, so he would haul things to and from the garage to the car. So that was not out of the ordinary. They said, you know, again, he's a construction worker, so when he finishes a job, he has to he has to um you know dispose of trash after and frequently he has lots of trash it doesn't all fit in one dumpster so he frequently has to go to multiple dumpsters to dispose of his trash they also said the hotel room he stayed at in denver that day was right above the pool so of course it would probably smell like chlorine because it was right above the pool So all of that was, those pieces of evidence, you know, were kind of disproven, if you will, by the other side. So that's kind of where things had all been at um, as of like the middle of 2021. Now we fast forward to this week, which it is April 2022. So we're a year and a few months later, and Barry Morphew's case has been dismissed without prejudice. They've said they believe, law enforcement has said they believe they are close to finding her body, but that there has been like feet of snow, and it has been really hard, you know, to search with the snow. They believe they've narrowed down the area where her body is really close to their house and that they believe they're really close to finding her body. Now, just because it was dismissed, so this case being dismissed means that he's not currently under arrest. The trial is kind of wiped away for now, but he could be rearrested. A trial could go forth. If they maybe get new evidence and they decide to submit again. So it's not out of the picture. But it's certainly interesting that that's where things are now. Now his his one daughter Mallory, she continues to say he had nothing to do with it. This is so unfair that he's being dragged into this. Because he is not involved at all. And his friend Troy says that as well. His siblings have said that. We don't, you know, we don't think he's involved at all. And the bottom line is it's very tragic that Suzanne went missing and is most likely deceased. You know, that is very, very tragic. 
and nothing we do or say is going to bring her back. But it's finding justice for her in whatever justice looks like. And I've honestly been torn in so many different directions with this case because, so I live here in the state of Colorado where this case, you know, has occurred and it's been all over our news and they've been covering it up and down. And anytime I hear about a wife going missing, I automatically point to the husband because we've just seen so many cases where that has happened, where domestic violence and abuse has led to that person being killed. We saw it in the Gabby Petito case. They obviously weren't married yet, but it was the same thing. We don't know everything that took place in her killing, but we know we, well, he allegedly, I mean... Obviously, things didn't come full circle in that case. But allegedly, he was the one that killed her. And we've seen that in so many other cases. Where the husband, the boyfriend, the fiancé killed their partner. And so that's where my mind immediately goes. When I, you know, I remember on May 10th, when it was either May 10th or May 11th, when she was officially reported missing and seeing it pop up on the news and them saying, you know, we're pleading for answers. We need to find her. And I remember getting chills immediately thinking it had to be, it has to be the husband, has to be the husband. And then all of this evidence kind of started coming out And I thought, well, yeah, it's definitely him. It's definitely him. It's definitely him. And then some of the evidence was starting to get disproven. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not him. And then I started kind of getting pulled. No, I do think it's him. I do think he did it. I do think he's involved. She was cheating on him and he found out and it caused, you know, a giant strain for him. And now the case has been dismissed. And it's hard. I, you know, I do think from, you know, other cases and seeing other cases play out, I think it's definitely hard for them to arrest someone without having a body. If they don't have the person's body, obviously the body gives a lot of information. We can find DNA on the body. We can find um, evidence of how that person died. And that gives a lot of information to the case. And so without her body having been found, there's a big chunk of information that is missing. And so them arresting... Barry in 2021, they were doing it on the basis of all this other circumstantial evidence. 
which on its own is not very strong. So I'm not completely surprised that they dismissed the case against him. Because I don't know that the evidence is strong enough on its own. It'll be interesting to see when they do discover her body, which hopefully is soon. What, what comes with that? What DNA is found on her body? What cause of death to determine? Because that will, will tip the needle one way or the other. It'll tip the needle to, yes, this was Barry Morphew, or no, this was not. And that will be that will be the final answers that we need, I believe, in determining if Barry Morphew killed his wife or if Barry Morphew was innocent. I I really do think that it is how this case is going to be solved. Now, I would love to know your thoughts. As I've, you know, discussed, this case is very divisive. There's people that really think Barry has done it and can't believe that his case has been dismissed. But then his family is still standing by him saying he didn't do it. Which we do see in frequently in cases where the family just, they can't wrap their head around anything else than their family member being innocent so that's not uncommon, but there's lots of other people too that think, no, he did not do it. He is innocent. So I would love to know your thoughts. Do you think Barry Morphew is guilty? Do you think Barry Morphew killed his wife? Based on the evidence that we've discussed, what do you think? And do you agree with them dismissing the case? You can always tweet at me at MYS Headlines. Share your thoughts. You can also chime in the conversation on Twitter at Mysterious Headlines. Or sorry, Instagram is um, MYS Headlines Pod. So you can always chime in the conversation on both of those social media platforms. Let me know what you think about this case. And I will definitely be covering the next steps that come of this case, when a body is discovered, when we start to see some resolution, I will definitely be covering this case and sharing any information that comes out in this case. Until next time, thank you for listening.